0: Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for this morning is that parable you heard a moment ago in the Gospel, reading the parable of the workers in the vineyard. We pay particular attention to the last phrase of that lesson when Jesus said, So the last will be first, and the first last. This is our text, dear friends, in our Lord Jesus Christ. A picture, it said, is worth a thousand words. Our Lord thought highly of them. Pictures, I mean. As so many of the parables that our Lord Jesus told seem to soar, soar from the written page. As beautiful portraits of divine love and kindness. Each phrase, it seems, chosen by Christ deliberately, intentionally. Each word hand-selected with meticulous care the way that a master artisan might examine his brushes and his instruments or the way he might be certain of each color on the the palette and how those colors might best combine for the desired hues and the textures before he applies them to the canvas our lord's parables they're masterpieces that touch the soul going right to the core of the one who hears them, evoking from the one who beholds them a firm affirmation of God's affection for the lost and for the misguided. Consider how dear to us some of these parables. Consider that parable in which the shepherd, so concerned about that one lone and straying sheep, seeks him out, and he finds him, and he bears him up on his strong shoulders, and with delight he carries him home. Its warmth, we might say, is in, in its simplicity. The determined nature of that shepherd is altogether comforting for us, or or how about, or how reassuring for every one of us that vivid, prodigal portrait. You know the one, the father aching with desire to welcome his wayward son back into the household with arms flung wide open, extending with every conceivable blessing he could give. Or how about the the parable of the Good Samaritan? An icon of divine compassion for those who would be enemies. An image that at the same time inspires one to emulate Christ's mercy and his kindness. Or Remember the parable you heard just last week? The one about the merciful master who forgave abundantly? To use the words of the Old Testament reading today. Pardoned abundantly all 10,000 talents. All parables, aren't they, that elicit from those of us who hear them a hearty yes and amen? Works of art that in a simple picture capture the God of kindness and love. All parables so easy to embrace. What about today's, though? What about the parable of a vineyard owner who hired workers at all different hours of the day and then paid them each the very same wage? This one can bother us a bit, can it? It bothers us because, frankly, it seems fundamentally unfair. Why should those who worked for 12 hours of the day get the same wage as those who worked for 9 hours or for 6 hours or 3 or even for a single hour? The parable bothers us because it grates against what seems so natural. When you think about it, it breaks down all of the old clichés. Fair is fair. Seems not so. First come, first serve. No, not here. Because here the last are first. The first are last. And it seems it's not all in a day's work. When you've only put in one hour and you still get a whole day's wage. Apparently, the early bird doesn't get the worm. Suppose we might even say he gets the short end of the stick in this parable. The parable bothers us because it goes against all of the world's principles of fairness, and equality, and basic economic, smart business practice. And business management tells you not to establish wage scales the way the vineyard owner did because you're not going to maintain the loyalty of your seasoned employees, nor their respect. The principles time-tested and widely accepted in fair business in the kingdoms of the world, you're paid according to what you do. You're paid according to how much you do. You're paid accordingly. Our Lord's parable is not about the kingdoms of the world. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is like the master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers, for his vineyard, The kingdom of heaven doesn't operate by the gu- same guiding principles as do the kingdoms of the world. After all, in the kingdoms of the world, fair is fair. Paid accordingly in the kingdoms of the world would be today's vineyard owner who labored all day long, sunrise to sunset, who endured the scorching heat. All the day who labored while others stood by lazy. He's hard at work, others are hardly working. He toiled, they tarried, watching the day pass them by, wasting time, waiting. Now, while he first clocked in at dawn and didn't find his labor's rest, or those who did clock in at dawn, they didn't find their labor's rest until dusk. Others clocked in three less hours, were paid just as much. Others, equal pay for half a day. Try that as a campaign slogan. Equal pay for half a day and a quarter of the day. And even the one who put, was put to work in the 11th hour of the day who worked a single hour. Even he received as much an entire day's wage and it's not fair. It simply isn't fair. No, it isn't fair. But then again, grace isn't fair, is it? Grace isn't fair, is it? And this is the picture that Jesus paints for us today. While the kingdoms of the world are not built upon grace, the kingdom of heaven is all about it. Its king is a king of grace. Its citizens, we are members by grace. We didn't earn it. Certainly weren't due it. In fact, if we consider what is due us, what we have earned by our grumbling against the vineyard owner because of what another has been given, be it a healthier body or physique, nicer and more plenteous things that we consider our just reward for coveting what's not ours and has not been given to us or harboring discontentment over our day's wage when we compare it to to someone else's wage it's not God's favor or goodness that we earn you know well what the wages of such sins as these is or are the wages as Paul puts it plainly of sin that's death. Death is what's due. Most notably, an eternal death. One far worse than the worst kind of physical death. There is a death that separates the one who earned it eternally from his Creator. Remember the just deserts that we confessed already this morning? It's good for us at times. To pay special attention to these words that we speak and confess constantly. And sometimes frankly, rotely. Do you remember what we confessed were our just deserts? I justly, we said this morning, deserve your present and eternal punishment. Fair is fair. Who's eager to collect his earnings now? You see, if we're ready to demand fairness from the vineyard owner then we better be ready to receive what's fair God's kingdom is a kingdom of grace not worldly fairness and thank him for it thank God that he didn't leave us to what we'd earned thank God that he didn't leave our eternal well-being to the worldly principles of, of fairness and justice because you see fair and just would have been the son of God remaining in heaven but instead for us men and For our salvation, he came down from it. Fair and just would have been God simply allowing man to go the way that he'd earned. And not to muddy himself in the whole sinful mess of it. But but instead, he was, as we confessed, incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. And was made man. Was made you and, and me. Was made one of us. Fair and just would have been God telling you and telling me, Well, you made your bed. Now lie in it. But instead he said, no, I'll deal with it. No, I'll deal with it. He said, you see, God by nature is fair and is just. And that's why you can't simply wink at sin. It's got to be dealt with. Sin must be dealt with. And he's dealt with it. Taking all your 10,000 talents and more and mine. What does scripture say? It says he's wiped out the certificate of death that stood against us. And he's taken it out of the way. And he's nailed it to the cross. Where he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. He suffered our hell. He died our death, was buried in our grave. And that, friends, is not fair. That's not fair. That should have been you. It should have been me. It's not fair. That's grace. That's grace. And this, you see, is divine economics. Divine economics. The kingdoms of the world receive first, and then they give. The kingdom of heaven first gives, you receive. Divine economics. You want to know how the psalmist described it? With these words he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us So who can say that he deserves to be put to work in the vineyard in the church of God and his kingdom you see even the think about the parable even the laborers in the parable didn't earn their place and their right to work in in the vineyard, it was given to them. Remember what the Lord said? Saved by grace. St. Paul writes, Saved by grace through faith, and this a gift of God, not by works, but a gift of God so that no one can boast, boast not only about his inclusion in the vineyard, but noted well, neither boasts of the work he's been given to do. In that vineyard Martin Luther comments on this when he says our flesh and blood is born with the misfortune of of wanting to have its work and its conduct in Christendom rewarded you see Paul says it differently he says you and I we're God's workmanship God's workmanship created anew in Christ Jesus for whatever work and however much work that he's prepared for us, the works that we, we would walk in. And when you think about it, does the sun, with its created greater light, and at some times of the year, its longer lasting light boast over the moon, because it's been created to, to shine as the lesser light? Certainly not. Not. It simply shines as it's been created to shine. And you know, whatever vineyard vocation God, the owner's given to you at the end of Earth's day, Scripture says, it's yet ours to say, we are but unworthy servants. We've only done what is our duty. Among the kingdoms of the world there is and there always will be inequality. Some will be nobles, some aristocrats, some authorities. They'll wield the power. They'll make the decisions that impact the lives of so many others. And then there will be those who are less influential. Each of us has his own station in life. Some give orders, some take orders. But in the kingdom of heaven, friends, in the kingdom of heaven, all are treated with an undeserved equality. All brought into his kingdom by the same baptism. To all in baptism, the same faith is given. And by faith we all possess, do we not, the same Lord? David's Lord is Matthew's Lord, is, is Paul's Lord, is Thomas's Lord and God, is Luther's Lord, the same Lord and God that's yours. And that's mine, for Paul said there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. And that, that makes us all equal. Undeserved equality it reminds me of an account I read of the Duke of Wellington. This nobleman of the English province once went to take holy communion at his parish church, and while kneeling at the communion rail, a poor, a ragged old man knelt down close by his side. Well a warden came and touched the old man on the shoulder, motioning for him to move away from the Duke. You know, when the Duke of Wellington noticed this, he clasped the old man's rugged hand and he said in a whisper, he said, don't move. Don't move, for we're all equal here. So we are here this morning, all equal in Christ. All here, not because you deserved it, but because God is good. Perhaps the other days and hours of your lives you will hold different stations in life, earning different wages, enjoying or struggling with different things. But as we enter into this sacred place, each of us can check his status at the door. Because before God there is no difference. Beggars all are we. The same amount of forgiveness, complete forgiveness is granted to the youngest and to the oldest alike. The same holy word is read from that lectern to the rich and to the poor alike. The same crucified Christ is preached from this pulpit. To those who have been sitting in these pews for years and decades, even a lifetime, and to those who never have before today. Older, young, rich, or poor, whether you've been a Christian from the dawn of life's day, or maybe only from the eleventh hour you stand forgiven. And in the confines of his fruitful vineyard by his grace alone. this undeserved equality. For there is no difference. Says scripture, all have sinned. But are justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that's in Jesus Christ so it is that we're all equal. As sinners, we're no better than the worst. As his forgiven saints, we're no less than the first. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.